Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. This is my friend Shannon. Hi. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Pat, and that's Bonnie. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Shannon is our guest today, <laughs> and Shannon is my friend. She used to live in Pennsylvania with me, and then she got smart and moved to Virginia. <laughs> and she actually, I credit her with rediscovering my love of reading as an adult because she led my first adult book club. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yes, you did. I remember that now. And the first book she told me to read was Twilight. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you read it? Really? We read Twilight series together. Vonnie's a big Twilight fan too. I like oh. Twilight. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do not remember that, but that's good. That's good. <laughs> You want to know something funny? Twilight was like the first book that I started reading before I started reading regularly again. I read Twilight. Thanks, Stephanie Meyer. We hate the movie. I hate the movies, but your books were great. Yeah. Is there anyone in this in this country that has not read Twilight? Yes. Are you going to read Twilight? It's better than us all. Not, not planning on it. <laughs> There's right. nothing wrong with it. It's just not my cup of tea. I get you. Hey, who wants to say something really inappropriate to start the podcast? <laughs> well, I'm just saying that it's really, really bold of Martha to give us free reign of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just talk smack about Martha. <laughs> Bonnie, tell us all of Martha's terrible, deep, dark secrets. Her deep, dark secrets? The things yeah. that I both love and hate about her, because, oh, oh, oh. you know, I was just talking about skeletons in the closet. I want you to get you in trouble. No, <laughs> she's going to listen to this. I don't want to get in trouble. That's what I mean. Like, don't be like, well, I really hate it when Martha does this, because then she'll just boob punch you when she gets back. That's true. And you don't think she'll boob punch me if I tell you guys deep, dark secrets? We'll keep you safe. I think she will. We'll put you in witness protection. I think I'm going to go have to go to a sling for my boobs after she comes back. And here's the podcast. It's not really a deep, dark secret, but has she told you about her dead man's truck? Yes. Yes. That um, she bought the truck I that the guy died it. in. Yeah. She, yeah. Her truck, when she was in high school, they got like a super good deal on it. And she found out later it was because some guy had killed himself in the truck. <laughs> Yeah. And like she didn't know why they had tore out all of the interior of it. And it was because there was so much blood all over everything. I don't want to detail that car. (laughs) Dead man's truck. Like I said, not a a dark secret, but it makes a pretty good story. (laughs) Well, you know, I used to joke around all the time that, you know, my car was haunted when I had my cobalt that I had for so long. Because sometimes I would be driving by myself. And I would feel something push on the back of my seat. And oh I was driving by oh my myself. God. Maybe maybe somebody died in my car, too. <laughs> Are you sure there wasn't an animal in your seat? 
No, it was like <laughs> the back, the back, not the underneath, but like the back. And it would just push kind of like a little kid, like pushing their feet into the back of the seat. Okay. Are you sure there wasn't a little kid? in there? I was driving home from work. So I hope there wasn't a little kid in the back of my car, but I, <laughs> I did almost take Tyler to work with me one time when he was little because he was so quiet and I was running late and I was off my usual routine and I started driving to work with Tyler in the back seat. See, people yeah. always say they don't know how that happens. And I'm like, if my child was asleep and quiet for once in their lives, I can totally see how that would happen. Yeah. I really yeah. I, I always feel bad for the parents that do it. I mean, and then people are like, how do you leave a child? And I, because I've never, I've never left a, uh, kept a child in my car, but I've definitely left a child at home, like left the house or the store or my sister's house and just didn't realize my kid wasn't, wasn't in the car with me. And then I drove off. Like Wait, like you left the child in a store, like an adult, like a, an older child. Yeah. Cause I I'm picturing your toddler. Listen, like. listen, I left my four, I left Calvin when he was four at my sister's house. So I have three kids and Calvin's my oldest. And I, because I said, everybody get in the car and then they got in the car and then Calvin got out to use the bathroom and I didn't know he got out. So I shut the doors and I started driving off. And it wasn't until I was like two miles down the road when I started counting. And I was like, oh, one's missing. And then I had to go back and get him. I think that's a valuable teaching moment for your son, honestly, yes. because yeah. I mean, what the heck? At least it wasn't like a giant eagle or a grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And I've also left my house without my children too, thinking that they were in the car. So yeah. I just have a problem with leaving them places, not necessarily in the car, just well, in the you know what? You're fine. That's yeah. not, I mean, leaving it at home is a lot better than, I don't know. Giant eagle. Or, or leaving him in the back of the car. I, it, it creates yeah. independence. My mom was, yeah. my mom forgot us one time and look how independent I am. <laughs> <laughs> So it's all back good. Then it was called latchkey children. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what it was called. <laughs> Kids today are so very um, coddled. When Jeez. I was 14, I was not only latchkey, but I didn't have a key to my house. So I'd have to break into my house every day when I got home. It was a learning experience. Why didn't they just make you a key? I don't know why. You broke into your house every day. Yeah, I just broke into my house every day. It was the fine. The neighbors are like, there's that urchin that breaks into the house. Okay. <laughs> So were you, were you like skilled at lock picking or did you break a window? Or? Well, the, um, the doorknob was one of those that was very easily opened with a credit card. Ah. So I just got really good at opening it with my library card. Right, when they say library cards open new worlds for you. They really I know, exactly. <laughs> they really mean it. It really opened up a new door for me yeah. <laughs> every day. <laughs> it was fantastic. But I think the scariest, that actually happened, something like that happened to me when I was babysitting one time. And the lady that I was babysitting for had four kids. You know, this was in the 80s. So I sent them all out to play and I just kind of look out the window and check on them and count heads every once in a while. And halfway through the day, there was only three. So I kind of walked out and I didn't want to scare them. And I'm like, hey, guys, where's Sarah? Sarah's like three. She's little bitty. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know where Sarah went. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. And so we looked all over the place. We looked in the grapevines that were in the backyard and could not find her. And I was panicking. And I'm like, all right, before I call the police, I have to call her mom and tell her I lost her child. 
Now that is not a good phone call. Mm. It turns out that her dad actually pulled up to get something and she was in the front yard alone and he just took her with him. So Sarah was with the mom and dad, but they never told me that they took them. And so I was super relieved and a little irritated at the same time because I thought I lost their child. I was like walking up to the railroad tracks and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I lost a child. But it all turned out I'm not going to make any money today. I know. They're never going to ask me to babysit again. I'm going to have to pay for this one out of my next. With some unsuspecting family. Wasn't good. But it all turned out all right. Okay, did you guys see the article that Martha shared about the new, what was it called, vabbing or something oh, disgusting? Yeah. It was vabbing. Did you? Did I don't you even read? know what vabbing is. What is vabbing? So vabbing <laughs> is the new perfume, and apparently you stick your fingers up your hoo-ha and then put it on your pulse points. What? Why? Oh, thank you. Pheromones are meant to attract the opposite sex. So your your fair is supposed to be that you're releasing your pheromones. But yeah, you would be able to smell it all day if you put it like behind your ears and on your collarbone <laughs> and stuff. And I don't want to walk around smelling my hoo-ha all day. Right. Yeah, I'd rather use somebody else's pheromones. I mean, don't most perfumes have pheromones? Like, I don't know, like a musk's pheromones or something? Yeah. Yeah, if I wanted musk, I would just go buy no, it. No, wait, musk is a pheromone of like a a of like, animals. No, yeah. no, it's like an animal. It's like vanilla is from a beaver's ass. It's what? It's, vanilla is no vanilla is from a bean. Vanilla is a plant. Vanilla. I'm sorry. Vanilla extract is from a imitation. Ass. Imitation vanilla that. extract, the fake kind. Did you not know this? Uh, like the smell <laughs> that's in candles and stuff is most likely out of a beaver's ass. Like they express it out of their disgusting left <laughs> I know. Look at your face. You'll never use imitation vanilla. So like, I, I pay for the good stuff. Okay. And I will continue to pay for the good stuff if it means that imitation vanilla comes out of a viewer's ass. I'm yeah. just like, you know. I don't oh. mind. I think vanilla ass is delicious. <laughs> I mean, it smells good. I don't know. I'm sitting here thinking about the vanilla, like, My warmers that I have out in the hallway. Thinking, like, <laughs> oh, beaver ass smells so good. <laughs> Maybe why, that's remember. why the beavers are so agitated up north is too many people burn vanilla candles and they can smell. <laughs> They're like, you smell like ass, man. I kind of wonder what other, like, is lemon, imitation lemon extract from, I don't know unicorns or maybe they're more irritated <laughs> they finding a mate and they come up and find out that it's just like a candle and they're like all of a sudden you're like dude you're like that was my yeah, girlfriend right. i thought i was gonna get some tonight now it's just a candle <laughs> <laughs> you tease yeah exactly we're all but just beaver teases burning our <laughs> vanilla candles <laughs> <laughs> A beaver tease makes me think of something else. <laughs> Some beaver with pasties. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, doing like, a, strip a stripper could be a beaver tease. That could be a new name for it. 
Oh, because they, they don't want to be called strippers. They want to be called dancers, but they'll definitely want to be called beaver teases. Beaver teases. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a pretty awesome nickname. Hey, beaver teas, <laughs> come here. Oh, you're such a beaver tease. They go out on a date. <laughs> they go out on a date and they're like, hey, let's make out. She's like, no. And he's like, oh, you're such a beaver tease. <laughs> oh my God, you made a new like urban dictionary thing. <laughs> Holy shit. We should put it in the urban dictionary. Beaver tease. That would be a good one. Make good decisions. Don't be a beaver tease. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what my mom told me when I was a teenager. When we sat down for the talk, she said, make good decisions. Don't be a beaver tease. And learn how to play pool. Guys like that. And, you know, I was telling Shannon earlier this weekend that um, Amazon has these pasties now. And they're, okay, they look like chicken breast cutlets. Like, but they're little and small. And, but they, they advertise. Have you seen the advertisements for these pasties? Mm-mm. They look like, like a silicone, I don't know, thing that you put over your nipples, obviously. But then the commercials are showing how well they stick. And like, so they put them on a car windshield on the outside in the middle of a rainstorm. They're like, look, even the windshield wipers can't make the pasties fall off. And have you seen them? Why does Facebook think that I want pasties that don't fall off and that go through the wash and are fine? (laughs) What have I done to Facebook lately? Talked about chicken. Um, the stuff that you Google for this podcast. (laughs) Can you go grab me the chicken breast and then the echo heard you and now you're getting like, like pasty ads because they look like chicken breasts. No, it's these guys' fault because I have to do, I do the shittiest Google searches for the website. I can't even explain. Yeah. And I'm sure I looked up, like when I look up imitation vanilla extract and do all this weird stuff about a beaver's app then they're going to be like hey we've got a new porn channel it's all about animals it's bestiality.com but i'm like no cys is going to come and take away my children which might not be such a terrible thing (laughs) alexa said let's show this beaver tease a thing or two give her the chicken cutlet pasties I'll have to see if I can see the find the commercial and put it on the website for, you know, all the people that really need good pasties. Well, okay, I'm a little confused though with pasties. Um, if they're they stay on that well, how the hell do you get them off without ripping your nipple off? I'm gonna assume you have to break the seal. So it's like a section cut? You know what I mean? Like if you stick a fingernail under it. I'm so glad oh, you don't know these. Unless they put on like, like spirit gun or something, and then you'd have to take it off with some kind of solvent. Is oh that gosh. what it is? Can you imagine. Yeah. Like your gum paste. Wait, what's the stuff you use to take off mustaches and stuff in your theater? Well, you put it on with spirit gum. And, and you, I'm not off. sure what you take it off with. It might be, it might be mineral. Uh, what do they call that stuff? Mineral oil? Not, not min- mineral. Yeah. Spirits? Mineral. 
Spirits, that sounds good. Mineral spirits, yeah. Spirits is the stuff that you take paint, you clean though. Don't you use it to clean paint off paintbrushes? So I don't think you're gonna use it on your face. I don't know. No, but would you use it on your breast? Not if I wouldn't use it on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I won't put it on my face, but yeah, let's just dump that right here. (laughs) (laughs) Take off my chest hair. (laughs) We could use it for all those people that have like four nipples or three nipples. We could be like, here you go. Mineral spirits. That'll get that nipple right off. Take off all your blemishes (laughs) and third nipples. Those skin tag removers. That's exactly what I was sitting here thinking. I was like, you can make extra nipple removers like hey do you have an extra nipple in a weird odd place like right in the middle of your forehead here's one of these (laughs) and you know what's really sad i have so many skin tags now that i'm getting older and i have one in my prime cart and i'm like do you think this will go on sale for prime day i mean wouldn't that be the most random thing yes here's a skin tag removal system if you take your skin tag and twist it like really 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 tight and pinch off the blood con- the blood flow, it'll fall off by itself. You know what, though? I have one on my back, and I swear I can twist the crap out of it. I can pull it, and that sucker is, like, on. I keep telling my husband, Mr. Keith, like that. that I want him to just snip it off with scissors, and he's all afraid and just, ew. I bet you I mean, bleed like I, a mama hama. That's what I do, like, at night when I'm just, like, sitting in bed. I just twist my... My stupid skin tag mm. mold thing. I had a skin tag like that, like like <laughs> right on my like underarm, like just right before my underarm. I had one like that. And um, one day I was carrying a really heavy bag. I want to say it was like after the book sale and I had like my tote with all my book sale books and I twisted and pinched it with that. And you know that that sucker fell off. I took it off with a tote bag. <laughs> okay, so this is the this is what I'm getting from that. We need to go and buy a whole bunch more books. Okay. And I will, I don't know, carry it on my skin. Like, I'll, like, attach it to my skin tag. Put a backpack on. What <laughs> <laughs> you have in your cart, one of those rubber band things that puts it on. Yes. And then just... just... <laughs> It'd be a lot cheaper than going okay. to buy tons of books in a tote bag. Oh, buy the skin tag remover thing? <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly kind of um, annoyed with myself that I'm going to buy a machine that basically just puts a rubber band on my skin tag. I know. But, but I it's on my to. back. And I don't think Mr. Keith is going to put a rubber band around my thing. Pick one somewhere that I want to work. <laughs> we'll just share the skin tag removal system. There you go. See, I'm getting that way before I get the laser because the laser sounds scary. I keep saying I'm going to try that laser. I keep not doing it. I know Vonnie. Does she own it? Do you own it? Not the three hundred dollar one. Oh. No, Vonnie mine was like only a hundred. But I really don't like shaving my pits. I really want to use it on my pits, but I'm afraid I'm going to burn my skin and then not be able to wear deodorant, and then I'm a stink. I want to use it on my cooch, but I'm like really afraid to put a laser near there. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Be lasering something yeah, else professional off. Professional laser jewelers. That's true. Can you imagine? I'm just going to be like, ah, and then it <laughs> into the flames, and, add it, and I have to explain it to my husband. 
and my children when they're like, why is mommy in the hospital? Well, she set fire to things that should never be on fire. She set fire to, she, she just had a slight brush fire incident. <laughs> there are any topics Martha wanted us to cover? Talk about beaver ass, check. Talk about nipple covers, check. <laughs> Talk about, what was the babbing? I just couldn't even imagine. Do you do that like after you take a shower when you're, you're at your least, least stinkiest? I don't know. Because listen, my thighs sweat and I am not going to put my thigh sweat on my freaking neck. I don't, I don't think it's You're like, not supposed to use your thigh. Like, you're supposed to stick your fingers up. Yeah, but if you do that, then you're going to get the thigh sweat along yeah. with it. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to go into the bedroom and spread eagle as far as you can to make sure and not get the thighs wet? You know, I bet Amazon has like a thing. I if bet you're the sort of person work. who does that anyway. Yeah, you probably would. Very true. Oh, my God. Do you know what I saw on Amazon, though? Speaking of which, you know, you said there's got to be a tool for that. They actually have an extender arm to help you wipe your butt if you can't reach. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Um, mm. You know... I would bet that that's actually really important for a lot of people because I think of all the people with the really long fingernails because I asked my one, oh! one time, I was like, how exactly do you wipe? It's just like, you just wrap the toilet paper around the top's fingernails in your hand. I was like, okay, I don't want to know anymore. Let's you just, just wipe, you wrap it around your talons. Yes. Maybe that's how you get the babbing stuff too. You're like, look, it's my little scooper. <laughs> you scrape it off with the... Ew, that's really gross. <laughs> Just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Martha actually did send something about a beaver in our mail, in our group chat. For real? About a single beaver that caused a mass internet cell service outage in North uh, British Columbia. Oh, yeah. What? I, I would imagine he chewed a wire somewhere. Yeah. But beavers are so cute, but they're so mean and angry. Probably because we keep burning their ass. Wait, do we burn there? Oh, that's it. Humans going looking to make vanilla candles are probably like to beavers what aliens doing anal probes are to conspiracy theorist people. <laughs> right? Probably. Did they get you? Did they do it? Oh Did they probe you for your vanilla scent? Don't let those <laughs> humans people are like that's not a thing. And the, the one sad little beaver is like yeah. shunned by his friends until like yeah. some other and then they make a support group. <laughs> <laughs> humans caught me and probed in my butt. <laughs> that sounds like a Chuck Tingle book. <laughs> I'm barely certain I'm gonna see a title like that. Chuck Tingle. A beaver took my butt and made it into vanilla. <laughs> Have you ever seen Chuck Tingle's books? No. They all are really awful. Like, it's like dinosaur porn to the extreme. Sentient vegetables pound me hard. I was going to say, is that the potato one? Yeah. Yeah, like the spot. Oh, wait, not the fingerling potato book that we talked about. Oh. That's different. Oh. Yeah, there are a lot of people with really sick minds that write. I mean... There's a very slight, there's a very thin line between Keith Smut and like sentient vegetables pound me hard and fingerling potato. And oh, it was a guy, 
that trend that that shape shifts into a potato. That's the one that was yeah. thinking of. Mm. A fingerling potato, because that would be super satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of nights uh, ago, my my husband is a huge Bigfoot movie fan. He likes he likes them because they're mostly so horrible and just funny to watch. He said there was some movie and it was it was like trending in a slightly different direction than most of them do. And I was like, is this Bigfoot pornography? And he was like, is there such a thing? And so I looked it up on Amazon and it was all Chuck Tingle books. <laughs> like, oh, I've read, I've read. Bigfoot seems Big to be Big one of his porn. specialties. I have read Bigfoot porn, not by Chuck Tingle. Um, <laughs> it was slightly less pounds me heart, but it was still like <laughs> all the big, it, it was a series about all the Bigfoots. Apparently there are no girl Bigfoots. So they have to kidnap people that are camping, females that are camping <clears throat> in the woods. And the only thing I got out of that series was, hell, if I'm ever going camping in the woods again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that wouldn't be a stretch for me. I already don't really want to camp in the woods. <laughs> so I'd be like, mm, do I want to have sex with a big hairy bastard? No, I'm going to stay home. <laughs> Next time I need something to do on a Saturday night, I'll go camping. Light some oh, beaver ass woods. and wait for Bigfoot to Bigfoot. show up. I've got my batting. <laughs> hey that's one guy you wouldn't have to worry about doing anything with your hair for that's exactly the right. bigger the bigfoot better bigfoot's like where's all your hair it's like you don't need to shave let that shit grow <laughs> oh my gosh maybe i need a bigfoot in my life <laughs> so should we talk now, about books? i'm still kind of in my non-fiction black hole i'm almost done with my obsession you know a while back a lot of people were talking about ruth bader ginsburg and mm -hmm. i know the name and i know she's important but i didn't know exactly what she did so i decided to read my own words by ruth bader ginsburg cool and this obviously is a nonfiction, is an autobiography and it's just kind of about her life and it it's almost written like journal entries. Um, she talks about different speeches and appearances, and she talks a lot about um, her husband and about all of the different topics that came up while she was Supreme Court judge. And it, it was very interesting. It was very interesting. And I enjoyed it. Um, she was a very wonderfully diverse woman. And, you know, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that she was black, but she's not. No. I don't know why I thought that. I guess just because she did so much for civil rights and she did a lot more than just, you know, um, female reproductive rights and civil rights. She did a lot for many different causes. It's been a while since I read this, so I can't remember the specifics, but... She had an extremely interesting life, and I really liked when she talked about her husband. Her and her husband had such a great relationship, and he seemed like a super wonderfully funny and supportive guy. Because, you know, back when they were married and she was very first starting off, it was very unheard of of the wife being so career oriented and 
the husband almost taking a back seat. I mean, he definitely was still working and very important. And he was a, a tax lawyer, I believe. And so he was busy most of the time, but she definitely had the bigger career and he yeah. was perfectly fine with it. He actually supported it. He helped do things so that she could go as far as the Supreme Court. Yeah, and, there are not a lot of guys that wouldn't feel threatened right. by having a what because that's like a huge, that's like a, a wife mm-hmm. that's in the Supreme Court. I mean, that's pretty high up there. I mean, there's not a lot of jobs that are going to top that. Mm-hmm. And get higher. I mean, no. That is the... And I think that I think that often about like Kamala's husband, and I think I wonder if his buddies are jerks or if they're like, "Wow, that's cool," you know, because guys can be really weird about that kind of thing. Well, I think that as the generations go on, that's kind of changing. Guys are changing their attitudes a lot because I notice it, like in my own son and Dylan, even you know, their attitudes are different than like the boys that I went to school with. Yeah, so, but they're also raised by um, aware people. You know what I mean? I mean, that's very true. You're ra- if you're being raised by somebody who's still like, um, you shouldn't leave the kitchen and you should be barefoot and pregnant or whatever they say. I mean, it's not going to change a lot. So mm-hmm. that's a lot due to you and Martha and the way you raise your children, too. Yeah, I mean, you do have a point there, but I think just that I, there's so many people who raise their kids like that now. Thank goodness. That <laughs> it's starting, the trends are starting to change and for the better, I think. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote this herself? Yes, she wrote this, but like I said, it's almost like journal entries. Mm-hmm. It's not like she sat down and wrote an autobiography. It's like just little tidbits and journal entries of her life. I like hearing Ruth Bader Ginsburg talk about herself in the recordings that is in this book of different speeches and things that she's done. So it was really good and I enjoyed it. And now I have a full understanding of who Ruth Bader Ginsburg is. So thank you, the library system, for educating me. Was it a pretty recent book? Like, did it was it since she's been on the Supreme Court? Um, oh yeah, or? it's um, it's been since she's been on the Supreme Court. Um, it was written after her husband died of cancer. Ah. Um, it was written in 2016. Oh yeah, that's not. Yeah. It was released in 2016. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right around that time. And that again was called "My Own Words" by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If you don't know who she is. I would highly suggest reading this book because it's super interesting. It doesn't get boring because like I said, it's like journal entries. It's just like a glimpse into her life and it's pretty wonderful. Did she ever talk about in the book about her lace collars, like why she wears them and the significance behind that? Because that's what she's known for. Yeah. And ever since she passed away, you know, it's like every, that's like the symbol people wear. Yeah, She does. She does talk about that. And I don't know if I want to tell you if I want to tell you to read the book. I was just going to say, I'm like, Bonnie's going to be like, you got to read the book. And it actually was something that was super simple that ended up being a signature piece for her. I do remember that. 
Yeah. I mean, that's a good enough reason just to go out and get the book I know, alone, right? just to find out those, the reasonings behind that. Yeah, seriously. You know what? You could buy it to find the reasoning behind that and find out a whole lot more wonderful, wonderful facts about this lady. She was super. Very cool. So Keith, do you have a romance for us? Of course. So the book I read this week is called Bet on It by Jody Slaughter. And this comes out on Tuesday. So this book was about um, a character named Aja, and she uh, has generalized anxiety disorder. She grew up in Washington, D.C. area, but as you know, Washington, D.C. area is pretty big, and she decides that she just wants to go somewhere real small, so she looks up on the internet um, the smallest cities in the United States and finds one in South Carolina and just decides to move there because her job she um, is in charge of social media for a company, so she can do it anywhere. So she has just moved to this tiny city. And then uh, Walker is our other main character. And he actually grew up in this tiny city. And he suffers from PTSD. When he was growing up, his mother abandoned them. And his father was uh, an alcoholic and had issues with drugs. And so he was often kind of in the backseat of the car when his father would do drug deals. Uh, He was often forgotten places because his father wasn't paying attention. And finally, his father is sent to prison and his grandmother raises him. But he's in this tiny little town and he is the opposite of Aja because he moved the second he graduated from high school. Because in a tiny little town, everybody gossips and everybody's really mean about the kid who doesn't have that same nuclear family that everybody else has. Even, and not just kids, even adults. I mean, people were very rude to his face. So he did the opposite and he moved to Charleston, South Carolina, which is a bigger city. Now, he's come home to take care of his grandmother because she falls down the stairs and breaks both her arms. And her favorite thing to do is to go to bingo. There's this bingo parlor and all the old ladies go every day. And that's how Aja meets him because Aja is this young, uh, black, like, 30, early 30-something-year-old. And she wants to meet people but not a ton of people. And unfortunately, she the only way she's thought to meet people in her new town is to go to bingo. And she quickly realizes that A, there aren't any black women at bingo. <laughs> B, they're all like over 70. <laughs> but because she befriends Walker's grandmother, the two of them meet. And I think the best thing about this book is how realistically they portray and they talk about uh mental illness it's not talked about like oh well do this and you'll be fine it's not cookie cutter wrapped up at the end of the book it's not like and everybody was fine they found the magical drugs or they found the magical therapy and they were great Uh, both of them really have to work throughout the book on their anxiety and the issues that they each have, and they're both very different. And of course, then the smutty part that comes in, which of course I also love, is that because they're both 
playing bingo because Walker is playing bingo for his grandmother, neither have ever won. And so they decide to make a bet, which is why it's called bet on it, where because Walker's only going to be in the area for like eight weeks, they find they find a mutual attraction with each other, but they know that the relationship probably won't go anywhere because Aja's not doesn't want to leave her small town and he doesn't want to leave his big town. So they make this bet that they can be intimate anytime one of them wins bingo. And then all of a sudden it's like suddenly they they both are like, let's play bingo way more often. Like let's go to bingo <laughs> when it's the least crowded. And it's just hysterical because they're both like, oh my gosh, I only have one more number. This could be it. No. <laughs> but aside from being hysterical in that way, there's great banter, which of course I always need in my books. I really, really love that people are feeling more free to talk about real issues like mental illness, um, sexual orientation, all of those kind of things are being written about more often now, which is great. I mean, people are really stepping outside their box and talking about real things, but in a fun book. So it doesn't have to be, you know, this super depressing thing. I mean, it's just something that happens and that they have to work on. So I really, really enjoyed this book. I gave it two Megan blushes. I mean, because, you know, they do win at bingo occasionally. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was a great book. I would recommend it to anybody. It's not a super light read, but it really isn't bogged down. Um, and that, again, was Bet On It by Jody Slaughter. Comes out on Tuesday. Awesome. Sounds like um, we all should go play bingo. <laughs> well, first you got to pick your partner because you don't want to be like, <laughs> oh bingo and then find out it's some beaver sitting next to you and like <laughs> well i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure and take the bingo set next time i go camping because some yeti bingo might be good <laughs> i'm gonna bring ryan reynolds the next time i play bingo and i'll be like ryan gets my weed guess what that means <laughs> your wife won't mind it's a thing it's a thing everybody does yeah there's no guilt in bingo I see that title coming soon. Bigfoot Bingle by Chuck or Bigfoot Bingo by Chuck Tingle. <laughs> it's kind of a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so innocuous, but oh, it was on the first page. It's like, hi. Yeah. What did you read, Pat? I read a historical fiction, and I, I guess it would also probably be classed as a literary fiction. It was a very different book. It was called The People's Act of Love by James Meek. And let's say it's it was set in Russia in 1919 at the end, toward the end of the Russian Revolution. And let's just say the three big topics in this book are communism, cannibalism, and castration. Cannibalism? Whoa. Castration? <laughs> what weird three C's are these? These are, these are, yeah, the, it was not what I was expecting. <laughs> I bet. But, uh, <laughs> but it was, it's, uh. One of the main characters, the, well, kind of the main character named Samarin, you meet him when he's a young man. Actually, you meet him when he's a boy. And then as a young man, he, as a teenager, he gets drawn into reading uh, revolutionary pamphlets that are being circulated around Russia as the, as the rise of communism is, is starting. 
and he and he, he's got a crush on this girl. And so they read these pamphlets together and that's kind of how they, they pursue their little teenage crush. Only she gets really way more into it than he does. And she's next thing you know, she's like carrying bombs and he's trying to save her from being arrested. And then you jump like forward in time and across half the continent, uh, you know, to the other side of Russia into Siberia some years later. And there's a there's a Czechoslovakian unit uh, of soldiers who they were in World War One, and then they get caught up in the Russian Revolution, and they've sort of been shuffled around, and they're stranded in this little town deep in Siberia. It was the kind of book that made me look up a lot of stuff and say, did that really happen? And yes, that did really happen. There were Czechoslovakian army units stuck in Siberia. It's not where you want stuff either. No. no. And no. also in Siberia, there was this religious cult that believed that all evil arose from lust. And so their their big thing in this religious cult was castration, because that way you will never be evil. They go into a fair amount of detail. It's, this is a book that would probably make guys cringe, because for one thing, they didn't do it all at once. They wanted to be sure that you were really committed to it. So first they would take the balls and then if you were they'd give you at least a couple of months maybe a year or two and if you were really committed then they took the rest of the equipment <laughs> they just made it kendall smooth down there yep nice and you know this being 1919 they didn't have a lot of anesthetic and they just basically just took a knife and whack there's a kind of a romance in it there i don't know how to describe this book it really was very different but the way that all of these things come together, that the leader of this castration cult has links that you don't expect with another woman who lives in the town and, and you get a lot of history. It's not um, it's not a hugely long book. It's not a doorstop of a book, but I think it was, you know, 400 and some pages probably because uh, it's pretty complex, but it's very well described. The characters absolutely come to life. And like I said, made me look up a lot of things like the fact that, yeah, that castration cult was something else that really did exist. Very, very interesting book. So especially if you if you either are someone who enjoys Russian history or who, like me, knows next to nothing about Russian history and wanted to find out. Probably not your mainstream Russian history, but uh, all this <laughs> stuff did happen. Sounds so pretty was, interesting. Yeah. The People's Act of Love by James Meek. I'm a little concerned about where the cannibalism comes in. I mean, uh, well, that that has to do with escaping from Siberian prison camps. And if you are a real smart escapee from a Siberian prison camp, you took someone along with you because you had to travel a long way with nothing much. So you convinced someone else that you would help them uh-huh. escape with you. But they were going to be your dinner when you ran out of other food. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to come with you? Oh, we're friends. Oh, you're eating me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to nickname you Pot Pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> come on, little Pot Pie. You're, you're coming with me. Okay, hey, Shannon. Car. Shannon, yeah, what did you read this week, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I have been reading um, the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs, and the first book in that series is called Moon Call. 
Um, there's a total of 12 books right now with 13th book coming out soon. It also has like a few side shoots like where they have like short stories in other places. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. Okay, Moon Called came out in 2006 and it's basically about Mercy Thompson who is a VW mechanic by day, um, skinwalker coyote. I wouldn't necessarily say by night. I would say by any time that she feels like she just needs to be in her coyote form. It is actually not a romance. It is just considered a paranormal urban fantasy. There's not a lot of romance in this at all. Yeah, Martha. No. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Basically, Moon Club, what it does is it, it sets up the rest of the series. It comes in and it introduces all of the characters that you're going to see over and over and over again throughout the series. So you have Mercy Thompson. She's a mechanic, loves Volkswagen. She drives around in an old um, Volkswagen rabbit. There's Adam Hauptman, who is the werewolf, who's the alpha werewolf of the local pack. And he lives out behind her house, like kind of next door. And There's, of course he's hot. He's so hot. <laughs> he's so hot. I mean, he doesn't know it. That's how she says. She's like, well, you know, he's really hot, but he doesn't like really know it. But yeah, he does. There's Z. He's part of of the Fae. He says that he's a gremlin because this is basically like werewolves, vampires, witches, and Fae. Totally up my league. I don't know why. I always read this stuff. It's like my favorite thing. So there's um, a Fae, Z. There's a human, Tony. There's the vampire. You know? Are there any Bigfoots? Um, Mm-hmm. No Bigfoots. No Bigfoots. Sorry. Sorry. I'm telling you, this is a total closed door, not even like in the house type book. Yeah, there's like, no smut. It's there's right. no smut in this book at all. There's not even, there might be like a wink and a longing look, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> there's a kiss at the end, I think. Um, there's the vampire Stefan, the uh, Samuel, who's like Mercy's ex, and he's the son of the main werewolf of the entire North America. Um, basically what it does is it kind of sets up um, Mercy as someone that kind of tends to get into trouble a lot or things happen around them. And so Moon Called is where she, a stray werewolf, comes into town and Due to a bunch of things that happens, Adam gets involved, Stefan gets involved, Samuel gets involved. And it's just basically like the introduction to all the characters. It's like the beginning of a movie, right? When they're trying to introduce everybody and you're trying mm -hmm. to figure out who they are and how they fit in. And that's basically what Moon Call does. There is like a little adventure and everything works out in the end. The thing that I really noticed about her books, especially this series, and I don't know if this is true for all of them, because she has a bunch of different series where they kind of like all tie in the characters kind of show up in other places. But, you know, it's like her formula is you got to pay attention because there's something that she talks about or slightly mentions in the beginning that becomes extremely important in the end to kind of like, you know, clear up or solve everything that happens. I don't know how much detail like I go into like what, how just much don't detail. give any spoilers. 
I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'm just saying you got <laughs> to get through the first one. I would say the first one didn't immediately grab me. It was super interesting. So if I was looking at like Keith's like scale, what did you say? Megan blushes. Yeah. This is zero mm-hmm. Megan blushes. I'm just <laughs> letting you know there is no blushing, no wink and no nothing going on There's here. There's usually not any except in yeah. my books because yeah. I'm a whore. Oh no, no, I totally <laughs> love those. Okay. I totally love those types of books. When we went to the bookstore, I was like, does this have sex in it, Keith? And she's like, yes. I was like buying it. so so this that is probably the most disappointing thing for me in these books because they could really make them juicy if they wanted to but they are totally not and i'd like them to be a little bit more juicy yeah everybody wants Um, to read about werewolf slash coyote sex i know that's exactly it (laughs) that's like not Uh, me (laughs) some Uh, people want to read that oh you know what else it's based in the tri-cities area of washington state um it talks yeah well not exactly the whole way over to forks um you know mercy is um she has some native american in her so they you know they talk about that there's a lot of like native american stuff that kind of comes into play um and where is it going with this oh i would give it i would give it four stars I think as we, I, I originally told my husband, eh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm going to read another. And then I thought that I didn't like it as much, but then I just had to keep going. So I think overall it kind of grew on me to the point now where I'm on book 11. I really just need to like get this series done because I got to move on to my werewolf smut that Keith helped me purchase the other day. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. This was Moon Called by Patricia Briggs. Here are the things that we talked about already that we could go back to. (laughs) The vabbing again. That's what they should. I mean, they have people that do laser. Maybe somebody will open up um, a vabbing place where they just have collection specialists. They just have jars that you can stick your hands in. I know, I'm just like. (laughs) We have celebrity vabbing. Let's smell this. Oh my gosh. Mm. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow. No, I was just, I had oh, a, the really? candle that smells like curry. Yeah. Yes. I knew. See, that's yeah. on. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow sells the candle that looks like her vajayjay. So I'm sure very soon we'll be able to smell like Gwyneth's vajayjay. It smells like her, John? That's what the candle says. This candle smells like my vagina. I think that's what it's called, right? Something like that. You're looking it up. No. <laughs> it, said, it said, this candle smells like my vagina. It's like, no, let's not look that up. Hold she's going to totally mess up her algorithm, and she's going to start getting the weird pasties <laughs> on her Facebook. I, I do. Love, I already get the ones that have the bras where it's just like a cup that does this and then you just tape it to your shoulder and hopes that it'll stay up. You I just, you know what? I'm I don't think that that would time. work. I've seen those. It's like, how the hell does it's like magic or something? They look like little rabbits. But what, what yes, they this do. One, this one isn't a rabbit one. This is more of like, it literally is a clear strap. But there's this woman in the in the commercial and she just, her boobs like must touch her knees because they're like, it's like <laughs> way down here. And then she shows like one up here and this other one, like you can't see, but it's like down here. And she's like, look, what a difference. <laughs> okay well my question is is when your boobs are that saggy because let's let's face it as you get older i yeah. mean gravity takes hold 
Yeah. Um, how do you tape it up that far without there being a crease? <laughs> without your boob just folding in half? I don't know. I totally understand what you're saying. I'm kind of creeped out now. I didn't I think about that. I completely understand what you're saying, but it's just like the weirdest thing. Like it literally looks like a bra without the attachment in the middle and without the straps. And it just goes whoop, and then you go whoop, and you just take <laughs> it up. The sound effects are the best thing ever, by the way. <laughs> If anyone was wondering, her boobs went from waistline to chestline with that yeah. whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Queen of sounds. That's how I look. I'm wearing a bra today, and look how high my breasts are, as opposed to usual when they're on my belly button. So normally they're like, oh, and now they're like, oh, yeah. And I didn't even need the rabbit thing or the boob tape or whatever mm-hmm. you. That's awesome. Yeah. Good job. Good job great. for the perky boobs. Shannon will buy now I have to find me the link because I'll have to link it for Prime Day because who doesn't need less saggy breasts for Prime Day well I mean those little things would come in really handy when you had like a backless dress or like a really a square cut front because it's really hard to find a bra that doesn't show when you're wearing something like that and even shirts are getting backless lately they are we went shopping and I saw a lot of things and I was like, how does anybody wear this? And then I was like, oh, yeah, people with, you know, boobs that are perky can wear this. And they don't have a bra. <laughs> yeah, not me. I had a bra emergency at work the other day. My underwire and my bra started coming out. And of course, it would be on a day that because any normal time I would just go in the bathroom, just pull the underwire all the way out and just have one boob a little saggy. But I was wearing a, I mean, a T-shirt that was a little bit tighter on the boob section. So it would have been seriously obvious if one of my breasts was taking a nap. (laughs) So I ended up having to go home at lunch and change my bra and just deal with the underwire pinch for the morning. Everybody would have been like, hey, Vonnie, um, you look different today. (laughs) Hey, Vonnie, you're leaning a little to the right. (laughs) What's up with that? I feel like I feel like we could have written Chuck Tingle's new book new book by now. Like, hey, here's Beaver ass, and hey, you know, Chuck Tingle should really like consult us because I'm thinking that we could help him out, and he should pay us for ideas. Finders ideas for smut. I found it Invisalift. Invisalift. God, that's like, yeah, it's a Okay, I don't know. It's like, it's got this, she was right. It's got this really long, I will put a link to Invisalift. Is it on Amazon? I'm going to look. It's on Amazon, but I think there might be. Oh, yeah. Visit the official site of the adhesive. That looks weird. It It looks like like it would feel creepy. Right? See, there's. I kind of think I want the rabbit thing. Perky boob, Invisalift, no perky boob. It's simple and reliable, what customers are saying. <laughs> oh, my you God. And their, their website, it's got, like, all these pictures of people who are, I guess, wearing one on one side and not the other. And their boobs are, like, Like, Vonnie would have been at work. Yeah, I like, I would have been at work the other day. Though. What part did you see that at? I mean, I, I, it's, like, on there. Oh, no, there's page. one. Oh, yeah, seriously. I judge that woman at her saggy breasts. <laughs> 
No, in my lock, I would like hang it up here and I would be good. And then oh, at yeah, totally. midnight, like Look Cinderella. <laughs> oh, and holy crap, they're 50 bucks a piece and that's on sale. Wait a minute, what? They have some that are cheaper. Like this one is only twenty five ninety nine. Yeah, but it's is it like an imitation boob lifter? <laughs> yeah, I'm but that that one only has mind. three stars. Let me filter. I need some. I need some four three star reviews. Boob you know, aren't Invisiblift? Isn't that also the name of like the the um, braces that you wear? Invisalign. I mean, Invisalign. I wonder how many people this get that confused. Like, I wanted the braces. No, you got boob holders. They order the braces online and get pasties in the mail. Like. <laughs> How do I get this in my mouth? <laughs> I wonder if you can attach them to your windshield and if they don't fall off in a thunderstorm. We should test it. <laughs> they just look they just look so small, those I don't just because it's for people with not huge breasts. Like, oh, here's the one that looked like rabbits. Don't even need them. <laughs> no, but you can bind them up into like G. You can do D, 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 G. You can get H's. So how do they stay? Do you just wash them and then they're, good um, Lord, I can't believe I'm like thinking about buying these I am. I weird want them boob so bad. <laughs> I want to try them. Look at that. <laughs> I and we're also staring at naked women with these weird boob things. But okay, like when you have big boobs though, your boobs are heavy. Like they, your boob itself weighs a lot. So when you put that on your skin and it's just holding by that strap or whatever, doesn't it like pull your skin? Isn't your it uncomfortable? I definitely wouldn't use it as my everyday bra. Yeah. But, you know, maybe a special. Ca- All I imagine though is you're walking and these things are like, <laughs> like because they got a mind of their own because they're just hanging. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're just a swing in. Yeah. Can you imagine if you were like on a first date and like, or a third date and things were going well and he's like taking off your clothes and he's like, what the hell? Is on the breast. Like, just like, pull it from here. You can poke his eye. <laughs> right? You're like, wait a minute, let me get comfortable. <laughs> He's sitting in front and he uh, pulls that off, and the whole boob goes whack and knocks him out. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll let myself <laughs> out. Bye. Or, or it goes unroll. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I unroll my boob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, honey. I gotta flop it. I gotta flop. I have it all rolled in there. Okay, we're good. <laughs> it's kind of like a pillow. You have to unroll it and then get the air back in there. <laughs> or she would like, you don't want to go. Oh, shit, I left chicken in there. Oh, that's, that's just not a chicken. Oh, wait, cutlet. that's a chicken that's cutlet. cutlet. That's not my bra. That's my, that's my pasty. It fell down. I got this. I wonder where my dinner went. Oh, my chicken cutlet. I haven't seen that in a couple of days. Right? If I had that that's kind not of. my bra at all. <laughs> right. If you I take off your shirt and you're like, I thought maybe you'd be a chicken man. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a breast man? A chicken breast man? Well, here you go. <laughs> Buffet! Well, but with that, you don't have that ability to catch things in your holder. Like, when you're driving That's your true. Down here, when I yeah. drop my food, there's nothing to catch it, and then I can eat it later. I, I know. No more midnight snacks. Nuts. Damn it. <laughs> Nuts are different. That's like 
Pat's book, Midnight Snack. Castration. <laughs> hey, anybody want some nuts? <laughs> Weenie roast at my house. <laughs> Cannibalism and castration. I thought about, you know, they're like, oh, um, bull testicles are good. Now they're just walking around. This is a delicacy. It's Russian bull. Like, <laughs> I seriously thought she was going to say, oh, yeah. And then they chop them up and then they feed them to the newcomers. I know. Now you're stuck huh. here for life because you had balls for dinner. Actually, it was worse. Well, I don't know if it was worse or not, but the women in that book cut their breasts off. Ooh. Yeah. Chicken cutlets. That would be one kind of Fourth of July party I would not want to go to. One one cookout. You're like, would you like a, would you like a weenie or a breast? No, no, they're not chicken. Don't worry. They're 100% organic. (laughs) No farm animals were harmed. (laughs) No animals were harmed in the making. So basically they're vegetarian because they're not animal. Yeah. Yeah, we're all animals. (laughs) What kind of bun would you serve with that, I wonder? Well, depending on uh, the guy. That would be be like one of the worst pickup lines. If I was a cannibal, what kind of bun would I need? A hoagie or a great value hot dog bun? Yeah, I think on that note, that's going to do it. Three Three Book book girls. Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group. Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.